0: Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Carlo with 4 TV. You can see the link below. And with me today, I have a very special guest, and we'll get into him in just a moment. Paris with us from the Marvel Facebook Cinematic Group, the official one that's out there. So thank you for being with us. And today, our special guest is, and I hope I say your first name correctly, Jeffrey Isherwood.
1: Yeah, just call me Jeff. Alright, awesome. Or, or my nickname, El Jefe. El Jefe.
2: nice (laughs) spelled almost the
1: same
0: (laughs) Uh, so Jeff can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah well uh, I've now been in the illustration business and starting mostly with comics now what uh, 38 years ago is when I I started at Marvel full time and I started at you know I didn't just wander in and give me they threw a job at me of course it was many years of uh Drawing practice, and I decided when I was 10 that I wanted to wanted to draw comics because I saw that comics, There were credits and really fun names like Stan the Man, Lee, and, you know, Jazzy Johnny Romita, and these, these all these kind of things, Gene the Dean Colon and all this rascally Roy Thomas. So I thought, this sounds like a fun bunch. And hey, if I can get a job drawing all the time, as a regular job, I can A, stay home because I saw a picture of Charles Schultz's studio in his house in Minnesota I said mm-hmm. Poof, I don't have to go somewhere to work I can stay home and then I can draw because then I don't have to do some other stupid job like you know everybody else gets stuck doing I can yeah. do art you know <laughs> That's the, so that that 10 year old mindset kind of carried over and I just stuck to it I had a natural I don't know where it came from but an interest in figure drawing and human anatomy and understanding how all that works Um, And later on, when I got into working on some comic book stories, I discovered I loved the storytelling medium as well. Instead of just doing posters or something like, you know, painting type things, single illustrations, I liked the idea of the sequential art. So I kept at it. And uh, first dropped by Marvel when I was 16 years old. Our family was returning home from vacation. Uh, We had moved to Montreal and Quebec. From uh, And and we're vacationing in Maryland, where I pretty much grew up when I was little, on the eastern shore. And so while my family was driving around the block (laughs) for 20 minutes, I went up to Marvel at 16, you know. But it was very nice. That was back in the days when you could see people, you know. So (laughs) I saw the receptionist and, oh, uh, who would you like to, you know, what are you here for? I have a portfolio, I have some art. Uh, just a minute, I'll be right with you. And then I come over and then I met Marie Severin and Dave Cockrum, which was terrific, you know? And mm-hmm. um, they were very nice. And of course, I was nowhere near ready, but they were very, uh, very helpful and supportive. And, you know, maybe they saw something that was perhaps down the road. So, anyway, uh, it was just through submissions every year or two. And then when I was, uh, I did get a couple of small jobs in 1982. Did not lead to anything else. Um, And so in the spring of 83, when I was 22, I graduated from universities and got a fine arts degree. And then just went to New York, uh, stayed on Long Island with an aunt of mine at her house. So I could come and go out in and out of the city from Uniondale easily. And uh, at first, and of course, I went looking for work. Uh, Nothing at Marvel, nothing at DC. You know, I saw a bunch of editors and I thought, Mm. wait a minute, there's this thing, Red Circle. What's that? Archie Comics. Yeah, so I went up there and Rich Buckler was doing that at the time. And so Mm. he said right away, sure, uh, I got some pages of the Mighty Crusaders that are half penciled here. You know, you finish penciling and then the the next day, uh, come over down to my place on Staten Island and we'll just keep working into the night. And so, uh, you know, I, I wound up working for him for three days and then got a call from Ralph Macchio at Marvel saying, uh, Jeff, I got a got a Daredevil fill in. You want to do it? You know, can you come in and do this? And I said, yeah, OK, sure. <laughs> I'll be right over, you know. But that was fascinating because as soon as that hit, you know, for as much as i worked to get try to get in and get a good job and pretty much had to teach myself because I didn't really get much at university. They were complaining that my anatomy was better than the professors. So I wasn't getting much help there. All of a sudden I realized this is the real thing. This is the major leagues. Now I got to play. It's like you got to play ball. You're going out and there's a rookie out there in uh, you know, Yankee stadium or something. And, you know, you're facing the Red Sox and, you know, you better, you, you know, you better sink or swim. You got, you got like a, a game to make it happen. Yeah. I had to do, and you know, I had to like, draw twice as well as ever but it worked. Uh, Ralph liked the story and uh, he gave me more and then from then on I was just getting more and more calls for work so um, I was uh, quite steadily employed for most of the time. Uh, You you can run through a list of titles if you like but uh, um, anyway at the end of the 90s I was working on Conan and that's when Marvel dropped the license for Conan and before Dark Horse didn't pick it up for three years, but that was pretty much it for me because uh, the editorial staff, the whole industry had shrunk quite a bit at that point, as you know. And so um, I was able, back in Montreal, to, to uh, I was looking around, what am I gonna do? Oh, storyboards, I, that's like comics, I can do that, right? What did I know? So, um, <laughs> of all things, the uh, movie Battlefield Earth, John Travolta's baby was filming in Montreal. It was like. You know, it was considered one of the worst movies in the last <laughs> 50 years or something. However, that being said, uh, it took me a couple of days. I was able to get a hold of the, um, to find the production and got an interview with the production designer for a concept art job, of all things. So, uh, and the, that person was Patrick Tatopoulos, who had done Independence Day, and had done the revised Godzilla. So he was a pretty hot commodity Mm -hmm. as a designer. And I had managed to latch on as the seventh person being interviewed because he was seeing three one day and three the next. And they tacked me on to the end. Get to the end and he's he's a Greek name, French fellow, lives in California. And long hair and he's always you know just thing his hair and he's like <laughs> yeah i love you comic book guys you can try anything you know i love to draw myself and he was and here's a production designer who can draw you know he's good i uh, but i i got too much to do i need somebody to help me so you got the job so i was there for <laughs> three months bang as soon as that happened every other movie job i've gotten tv job and there have been over 100 in the last 20 years or so is always been referring, you know, it connects back to that very first job. I, I haven't even had to go looking. <laughs> People just call me, and I just yeah. got one last yeah, week for a show in Montreal that's coming. Uh, two things going on in Montreal now I'm not supposed to talk about. So.
2: Awesome. awesome. Well, well, we'll wait for those to, uh, to come out. Um, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, I, I wasn't going to bring a Battlefield Earth. I saw it, I was like, you know, it's technically one of the worst movies ever. Let's not, well, well, since you brought it up, uh, yeah. Uh, but the good thing is that I was like, yeah, you did storyboard stuff for us. So, it was, I mean, I mean, you did your job. Um, and then I seen it, it kept sort of like, as you were explaining it, catapulted, catapulted you to uh, uh, more opportunities, um, even though it was a you know terrible movie by, 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 you know, well, critically acclaimed folks out there. I, I, I know some people out there probably like it, but um, you know, yeah, I, that's I awesome how you're able to like uh, it. Yeah, and as
1: I was doing it, right, I went on the set. I mean, I guess I can tell you this now, but Roger Christian was the uh, director, and he had been a second unit on Star Wars, so it's like. Pff. However, Travolta and um, Jonathan Crane, the producer, were into the Scientology thing, right? Cause They were trying to pull Roger into that. And Roger's a very, he's a British fellow, very uh, easygoing, mild-mannered sort. Not your, you know, director barking orders like you see in cartoons or anything. Yeah. And so I was watching one scene on, a, you know, with Travolta and uh, Forrest Whitaker were the two in there in the main ship and, and yakking to each other or whatever. And this, they would do a, a, you know, do a take, change the camera angle, reshoot the same dialogue the way they do it but at the end of every scene when when roger would yell cut they didn't look at him they looked at travolta and three of these producers to think was that good and i thought uh-oh i don't know anything about movie making i haven't done it before but if they're not looking at the director to see, to see if he liked it and they're looking somewhere else this is a bad sign hmm. so but uh, needless to say, back in the art department, I met some terrific people. Met this one young fellow who showed me how to use how to do Photoshop, which I hadn't done at all. Uh, Patrick t- told me a lot of really good information on how to do design work for films from comics. You know, like it's a, it's a different world. Some mm-hmm. drawing may seem similar; it's a different thing. Uh, storyboarding was a I also picked up later on, but. Um, Yeah, and then later on, uh, some of the, in fact, some of the same people from that movie were working on uh, the X-Men movies that I worked on.
2: Yeah, uh, Days of Future Past, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, those are pretty big blockbuster movies, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and those ones, uh, and I thought, oh, good, a real superhero movie that's right up my alley, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in the art department, I'm telling people, you know, this isn't, it's not science fiction. It's not action adventure. Superhero is a different animal. You have to think and just, you know, I'm trying to get into their minds, it's not the same, you know, it, there's more, it's it's a bigger world, it's mm-hmm. exaggerated, It's that's the whole point. As um, Bob Layton once told me, think of superhero comics like opera, the grand gesture, the crazy big makeup and the huge sets and the big sound, it's like superheroes are life magnified like that. And I thought that was a very good analogy he made. So... Uh, I got that apart, and with that one, I did both storyboards and concept work. In fact, the irony is, um, uh, Brian Singer directing didn't want anybody to have a really good version of the script. And Ike was working on it while they were filming, even not just pre-production. In fact, for him, the script changed, you know, hourly, not (laughs) daily. He would get things set up, and he would see it. He's a tinkerer. He was forever fiddling around with trying to make it better. And um, at one point, while they're, you know, at first I was having pretty solid meetings with uh, a couple of people about, um, you know, what's going on, it's the uh, second unit or stunt people, I was working with them. And then it's like, we're filming, here, here's a couple of pages of script, just go draw this. And and somebody one time he says, I need all the, all the scenes with Quicksilver, just storyboard them. Here, like, make it up. <laughs> <laughs> almost it was almost like make it up you know and so those were the scene and then ultimately it's like yeah he's uh fighting these guys the cops in this kitchen scene and he's but we're going to slow it down to slow motion so draw that so i wound up storyboarding that famous scene that where he's running it but i didn't have the kitchen as a circular room like in 2001 but the a lot of the actions were stuff that i had I drew, and I think, okay, he shoots a gun at somebody. The mm-hmm. bullet's coming, so he comes over and he goes, move it there, you know. Or the guy's about to hit somebody and just move the fist here. Someone, you know, follows through and punches himself. All the right. stuff, I was, I was drawing this going, ha, this is great. This is going to be fun. And then when I saw the movie and what he did with it, what he turned it into was, was amazing. And it shows you uh, storyboards, unlike a comic where that's the finished product. Storyboards are just a step in the creative process. You know, mm. that's really what it is. Um, yes. and, and even just briefly, uh, the process of doing comics and film is kind of backwards from each other. Mm. In comics, you lay out your page, you set up all your storytelling, and then you finish and you make, make pretty pictures out of the panels. In other words, you do all your editing first, right? Then you draw it in film you shoot all these scenes you get all that and then you have this big mass of material and you take bits and pieces then you edit it after the fact and that's when you make the movie so okay. the process of the two is is actually backwards uh, from each other it's it's kind of uh it's kind of fascinating
0: yeah. wow <laughs> I'm i mean <laughs> i'm just blown away by what you said because it's like you went from, you know, doing comics to becoming a storyboard visual kind of artist within the movie industry. And I it's, I, it's, it's a really neat jump uh, on how you did that. And it's just amazing. And I got to say, congratulations, man, because that is some type of recognition. And it's crazy how you told us one day you're working for Red Circle. And then three days later... You're finally got your, you know, the job at Marvel uh, as a fill in for Daredevil. So, really cool stuff. And I got to ask you, man, the Juggernaut mm-hmm. is my favorite supervillain. And I see him on one of the covers you did for Doctor Strange. And I love mm-hmm. the Juggernaut. Um, so, what, what did you think about drawing the Juggernaut or any feelings towards the Juggernaut when you uh, took that pencil and, and inked that guy?
1: Oh, well, uh, I thought it was uh, great fun because Roy Thomas had been given the job of writing Doctor Strange as I was drawing it for that period of time. And as we had a short discussion at one point, let's let's bring in some other characters, villains, whatever from the Marvel Universe, Uh, make it more of a fun story rather than a niche thing so much. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, he's excellent with that. So, of course, uh, Juggernaut having uh, the, the crimson band of Satorak to power him, which is one of the the uh, mystical uh, villain uh, races of people that that uh, Dr. Strange has to deal with from this alternate dimension. Um, it was, he turned out to be a natural fit. And I just mentioned one thing offhand is um, I, I was also drawing the covers for those, most of those issues as well. And uh, you get paid more, you know, that's all right. <laughs> but it was fun, you know, it's like, yeah. To me, it always made different made sense, like, you, I wanted to make a cover drawing that has something to do with the story inside, not just some... And also, if it's the same artist, then the kid who picks it up goes, oh, it's the same guy. It doesn't look really different. A lot of times you look at a cover, it looks fantastic, and you turn to page one and go, what happened? Oh, it's a disappointment. But that one, even I disappointed myself because I drew it first, and I featured the Juggy at the top, but it's... Ah, it was okay but he was too thin his arms weren't you know massive so i uh i drew it again i inked it i finished it i don't like it so i drew it i edited myself i rejected my own cover and had time to draw another version which is the one that sees has seen print and somewhere out in the world somebody owns the original i'm not i'm not sure who has it
2: now <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, you had an incredible run with Dr. Strange, um, uh, for the, uh, on the Marvel comics, uh, verse that you did the, uh, I, I it, it seems like it was at least like 30. I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> it could be even more. It's, that's one of the, well,
1: okay. I, when I started at Marvel, I went there primarily, well, I went to Marvel and DC, of course, but, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to draw Conan the Barbarian and you know, more than most, like a lot of artists. So that's where I, why I went there. But, yeah. um, when Doctor Strange was out of Mike Rockwitz's office, um, came available. You know, I said, "Can I draw Doctor Strange?" You know, it's one of the titles I requested. It's it's. Mm-hmm. It didn't usually happen. Uh, pretty much everything else I got asked to do, besides Conan and Doctor Strange, they said, How, "You want to ink the nom? Yeah, Michael Golden. Oh, in fact, uh, he's leaving the book. <laughs> this new guy, Wayne Van Sant. Who's that? And I'm looking yeah. at it, it says, well, and then, so Larry was asking me if I could, you know, redraw a lot of the figures. He says his layout, since technical stuff is good, but his figure drawing is a little, yeah, so can you fix that? So I did that for a couple of years and then mm-hmm. uh, then moved on to, um, I think uh, I was Conan the Barbarian inking. So again, I wasn't penciling a lot for a while. And then after that, um, then we got to the Doctor Strange and uh, when that came available and that was great. And then uh, they asked if I could draw Namor. I think uh, Jay Lee had was finishing his run. And, well, okay, I'll do Namor. So uh, also wound nice. up working at uh, doing Suicide Squad for DC, which I was not really familiar with mm-hmm. at the time. But it turned out to be a great run also uh, with John Ostrander and the late Kim Yale.
2: Nice, nice. How, how surprised are you? Um, to to see where you know the comics that you've all uh, have drawn, um, now they're in the, the 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 movie and film and TVs. Like, how surprised are you about the popularity of these characters? Uh, now they're sort of larger than life, right now. Doctor Strange, uh, all the X Men, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, with Marvel Studios, you know, all the stuff they got going on with Loki, the entire. Infinity War saga, all of the things they got, they put together in this continuous stories. Um, even DC, DC with Batman, Justice League and stuff like that. How um, how surprised are you to see um, the success of these uh, now comics? And you know, they did, you know, cartoons and stuff, but they weren't nearly as successful as they are now.
1: Right? Well, of course, uh, with visual effects, uh, they can match. Right especially in the, in the movies. They can make the, make them look like pretty much as we would imagine. Because when we're drawing the comics, I imagine, to me, I always think live action. I'm not really, a, outside of uh, Bugs Bunny and stuff, I'm not an animation person, I'm live action. That's kind of where my thinking goes and that's probably it's why I went into doing realistic type drawing that you have in, in Marvel and DC and stuff and superhero comics. That's where my mindset is. So to see it on screen is tremendous. Of course, uh, creatively, and that I think um, how uh, characters are done somewhat differently. um, To me, what is I I see it as a the film version, the cinematic version, as opposed to the comics version, is it's sort of a parallel universe of the same characters. They and uh, people have a hard time figuring out that you can't translate one medium directly into another it doesn't work too well you have to find another way to, uh, to adapt the medium and I did it was not uh, more recently or went the film of uh the X- X- x-men but for a very short period of time a couple of weeks uh, Brian Singer was in Montreal to direct another film that wound up going somewhere else but I did do a couple of storyboards for him back that was a uh, 2000. And two or three something like that anyways uh and so of course i was talking about the x-men films with him and he was saying yeah his, it was his effort and and was since to try and make costuming as close to the comics as possible he said but we tried the the yellow costume with the x-men it said it just didn't work and that the leather was kind of heavy and sticky and it's like trying to match it just wasn't the same so um nevertheless uh, you know the way they've worked it out is, and it has worked out in the last, what, what 10 years or 10 or 12 years now. It's, it's come, uh, it's coming a come a long way and it's worked really well. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I think, I've uh, watched Dr. Strange about six times now or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was, it was a big surprise to be invited out to the premiere mm-hmm. back, uh, back in, what, 2016, I think it was. And, um, It was a big surprise to uh to go there and then afterwards we got to meet uh uh, scott derrickson briefly and uh, benedict cumberbatch as well and uh that was at the party afterwards we were invited to which is also very nice of them to have done and um and so uh and trying to figure out what it why was i given the special thanks well in issue i think it was issue 45 we had Roy and I had retold the origin as Doctor Strange faces death, and one of the scenes was the car crash, uh, where he cra- and breaks his hands, right? And then there are also a couple other things uh, with the with the nurse in the story, but in fact, it's different character in the movie, and um, but other little bits and pieces here and there uh, that I noticed. Uh, he could have, because they, Scott had read a lot of the comics and showed a lot of them to, to Benedict as well. Mm-hmm. Benedict had, wasn't really familiar with the character at first, but they went through a lot of comic material. Um, there were those two scenes, and there's also the part that I, one of the part we loved in the movie was the, the fact that the cloak has a mind of its own. It's kind of, it's alive, right? And right. there was a scene um, in issues 57 and 8, I believe, of uh, Doctor Strange that I wrote myself. At one point, Roy was leaving, and and he said, "Well, uh, Roy's not going to be writing the said, Can I write one? Sure. Send us a story. You know, think of something. (laughs) 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 Okay. So I did that. Anyway, there's uh, I had brought in Berthona again, another one of these you know older characters back from, from a um, who forget which who had drawn that one. But anyways, uh, nevertheless, I thought I wanted to uh, you know. Expand the universe a little bit. And I, so I wrote a few issues of the, of the book. Anyways, um, there was one scene where he was being, you know, bear hugged by this guy and he gets the cloak to spin them around like a whirlwind and flings the guy off. And I'm thinking, maybe Derrickson saw this and said, yeah, that cloak kind of comes to life. I think we could do that in the movie. So, and the humor parts, I mean, there's so much about the movie we love. And uh, to me, you know, and you're talking about the popularity. I think strange was a is a great introduction to the marvel universe for people who weren't used to superheroes because he's Mm -hmm. outside he's a little left of center of that whole thing and so you know it's it brings them into the universe and then they kind of understand a lot more of how the rest of it works and of course nowadays uh you know so so many tens of millions of people have seen the movies and all that never really read the comics Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's the yeah. movie versions everybody knows that's that's the fascinating part
2: yeah yeah that's why we uh, uh myself and carla are looking out trying to find some more of the uh, the comic writers right you know get get a chance to talk to you folks because a lot of the source material came from people like yourself and to see it sort of, when we read, you know, we're comic readers and to see some of the stuff translate from the comics into the film, we're like, yeah, that's exactly where they got it from, right? So. um, I was really,
1: yeah, I was really close with Shang-Chi too. Nice. Because uh, Kim Nguyen um, is a director in Montreal of a a Vietnamese descent background. And so when they were looking for the director for Shang-Chi they were they uh, asked around a bunch of young younger uh, Asian background uh, um, directors, right? Mm-hmm. They eventually took the fellow from uh, from Maui. It's funny as uh, so we uh, have vacation there in the past, and so some of our friends there know this guy. You know, they said well, I went to high school with the guy directing it. So I said, oh, I can't really be angry with the fact that the guy I worked for didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> but what he did was uh, what I did for him was again. Uh, and uh, talked with Kim a bit, and he gave me three different scenes that he wanted me to do storyboards for his lookbook for his pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the, so it was down to him and this other person, this other the, the ultimate director of the show. And uh, so, um, he, I had done a scene with a. There's a container ship where he fights off a bunch of people, and then there's a. Then I have. Then I say, well, I think he should be fighting Razor Fist in this other scene. Who's that? Oh, Razor Fist is a great villain. Of course, now he's in the movie too, right? <laughs> I've seen it in the trailer. <laughs> Go, yeah, they figured that one out. You gotta have him. So yeah. uh, anyway, so I uh, I drew those up, and he put them in the lookbook, and then he said, you know, he, he um, i try tried to remember how he put it, but he said, you know, I didn't get the job, but when they saw your storyboards, and it gave them, you know, gave them pause. You know, they hesitated and thought, oh. We could go we could do this you know mm. ah well and then they kind of went with the other guy so if that had happened i was ready to sit down and like he was ready to have me sit down and we were going to work out the entire movie you know, with this with the script they had right we were just i was going to go stop everything i'm doing i'm going to go work with him so that didn't come across it didn't didn't happen or not yet and he may be in line down the road for something else we don't know but uh uh, if something comes up and uh, I'm certainly
0: going to jump cross because
2: you know, I'm,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm ready. I'm ready. I tell you, <laughs> man, that would be, that would be really awesome to see you get involved in another Marvel project. Um, huge fan. And I'm a huge fan of your work. Just looking at the Dr. Strange stuff that you worked on and the Thanks. character of the juggernaut that you, that you drew in that cover. Um, I used to try to recreate that exact, juggernaut look but i could never mm. do it because I always, I always messed up on the muscles and then the arm length so it looked kind of like a little bit off like he was bulky and then real skinny at the end of his arm but i admire your work so much
1: thank you thank you very much it's uh well it's i don't know it's i feel like i'm a technician now <laughs> <laughs> i've learned all this stuff i've, I've been teaching it it, it Algonquin College here in Ottawa Uh, and and we have a program called illustration and concept art so it it fits right into my roundhouse as it were my wheelhouse but uh, um, but what's it's that has helped me do is well I I learned some modern stuff from the kids right well the kids you know they're like 20 and older (laughs) some are kids (laughs) Um, but it's forced me to analyze a lot about the entire drawing process about how anatomy works how it's put together how how you can show somebody you know you you see diet this is the it's fascinating you, you know you've seen diagrams of anatomical drawings of muscles and tendons and all this and you see but how do you relate that you can learn the muscles and where everything goes and how it works how do you relate that to somebody on the outside where all you see is the skin right mm it's a big jump it's a big step to take so I go through the process of pointing out how you can show where the skeleton shows you know even like like this this is the ulna you know this is the ulna the bone that connects down to here and and the muscle runs right along this ridge for example so when you you, you know you see the bumps here you see that this this is the humerus the two on either side if that's the upper arm bone so if you if you understand skeletally how the body's put together and you just lay everything else on top and, and you can just literally construct the entire figure when you when you know it so that just makes the drawing process more possible and easier especially for difficult poses for for because of you know a lot of a lot of students or whatever people will do, be able to draw something basic and straightforward but as soon as you get into the difficult stuff, you have to really understand how it works mechanically and three-dimensionally. And of course, you can always get reference. And that, you know, there's, that's always good. And then you realize drawing people. Uh, one, one point was uh, if you can draw people and you can draw in perspective, then you can draw anything. Because those are the two <laughs> most difficult <laughs> things to sort out. Once you get that part. And yeah, because uh, everyone is so perceptive. That uh, and that's that's something Larry Hama pointed out to me really early, that mm-hmm. was fascinating. When he was and he was the one that showed me first some really good storytelling, uh, some information on that on a a, a cull story. The first story I did for him was an eight page cull story, and he gave this again. I was I'd been working for at Marvel for about a year, and so I went to him, and then uh, we bantered a bit, and then he said, well, I've got this eight-page cult story, I've got this eight-page cult story, he yeah. Yeah, had draw this and come back in a week. So I went and drew that, and he came back and he it says, it's all wrong. Paul, you know, no, 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 no. says, well, here. So he takes out tracing paper, and he laid it on every page, and he re out the story, and he told me exactly what he was doing. Why did he place this one there? What was the thing with depth, framing, uh, Eye flow out around the page, um, objects pointing to focus the eye on what you want people to look at, all of this stuff. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that always struck me, he says, when you're drawing the character, you are the actor. So you're not just drawing Captain America standing over there. You are him holding the shield, throwing the punch. Like if it's you doing it, how does it feel to be doing that yourself? Mm-hmm. And he's about to slug the juggernaut. And if you're the juggernaut, you are the juggernaut. And you're coming in right. with this giant fist and the right and the big band. You know, you're ready to crush that shield into tinfoil like a gum wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You have to become every character you draw all the time. That's how you get inside the story. That's how you you become all the actors and. That's how you relate to the reader because you put yourself in there, and then if you get excited and you can draw that, then they will pick it up too. If you're bored, it's like, oh God, I gotta draw this stupid panel, and ah, that's not I hate drawing a uh, man. I hate drawing that mage, just some old bag, you know. Well, right. it's it's gonna look boring, and your reader's gonna go, this is crap. This right. whoever they got to draw Spider Man, yeah, he's an idiot dump it. I'm never buying Spider-Man again. I love Aunt May and he can't draw Aunt May. Get rid of him. You know, <laughs> snap decisions. That's what happens. And nowadays, comics doesn't rule like it used to. There's, you know, video games t- have taken over too. And the comics world, it's a really, it's a tough game to make that kind of connection and get gain that audience anymore. So it's a, it's a tough world, you know, tough yeah. world for comics. You gotta yeah. get, you gotta get in there and you give it everything you know just like anything else. Like Canadians better play well tonight. That's what I, all I
2: can say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, it's good that uh, both Marvel and DC have their uh, like Marvel has Marvel Unlimited and DC has I, I can't recall the the service where you can go back and read comics. Um, I mm-hmm. think there's co- Comicsology also where they where they're, where they're selling comics and stuff. So um I'm just happy at least they have these sort of services for folks uh out there well that's the thing that I
1: think the amount of material is more than ever somebody said you know there's like 500 different titles out running at any given time but again you have to get young people aware uh and you know if it's good material they just want more it's always Mm -hmm. the case so that's our job is to be the creative people to
2: Keep them interested. Keep well, them
0: interested. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, I don't know if you know this, um, but so what Batman did with they had a team up with Fortnite because they know kids are playing Fortnite. So they yeah. did this Batman and Fortnite crossover, and by reading the comic, you gain skins inside Fortnite, like Harley Quinn's hammer and stuff like that. So you are a hundred percent correct. Is that they're trying to think of ideas and how to bring in younger generations, and they're crossing it into very popular video games now.
1: That's uh, that's yeah, kind of has to be done. Uh, every what five ten years, and it happens fast. Have to keep up with uh, keep up with the times, and keep up with uh, what's what's going to connect with young people because they still, you know, they still look to these outlandish characters and all for for their to spur their own imaginations and and they like to talk about it pretend to be them the whole bit it's still there that hasn't gone away it's just the uh how you get it across to people and then the other side is then for artists to keep the good ones employed at a decent enough rate because a lot of people have used comics as a stepping stone onto other careers i mean i i was out of comics not by choice i would have and I still do comics now. I'm still working on things. But, uh, you know, I would have been happy to keep doing it any, you know, indefinitely. And so, but i just, it just so happened. I had to uh, kind of think fast and expand my horizons. And that worked out really well. But uh, just uh, based on where I was living and all the whole thing. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, its you know, you can't, you can't really just try and live in the past say, Oh, well, you know, we wish it was back in 1965 or something like it isn't.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good to see the comic uh, artists out there that I see, you know, the Alex Rosses of the world, uh, Mark Brooks, and uh, the list goes on. They're out there drawing, um, uh, they're out there you know, promoting their artwork and, uh, you know seeing everyone do that in the comic industry is it's just great to see and, and that's sort of you know they're all you know hit the social medias and continue to drive and get people to um to uh, take a look at what you're drawing and and then go from there right you know so that's that's awesome uh, but then there's that sort of that lore of you know going back and and getting the comic and well we probably won't be able to buy the hardcover anymore but at least you know some of the stuff is available on online uh, where you can read through apps and stuff um where there you know we have now, that opportunity I, to do that so it's good yeah.
1: I think by now uh, just about everything I published has been has come out in trades because I kept royalty statements every so often you know you make fourteen. 14- dollars from this and 12 dollars from that but i mean by now i think just about everything i've done has been bases have all been covered they've been all reprinted in trades and that's that was another uh, delivery method that i've heard over the last few years it's kind of like the idea of uh the netflix um method of let's film 12 episodes and people will sit down and watch the whole thing in a weekend and just binge that's become the popular delivery method. The, the standard film isn't as popular anymore, especially this last couple, you know, year and a half, everybody's been home all the time. So okay. that, that it's taken a while, but the studios and the other Amazon and all them, they've kind of figured out this is what people want. And so uh, also that's why it's the idea of you to buy this trade paperbacks or uh, have a, like the Doctor Strange Omnibus. There's a couple of those, it's, I mean, it's like a phone. And, Oh, what's a phone book? I mean, it's a phone <laughs> book of stories, you know, and that's, again, you can binge on that. So it's become uh, more popular that way. Yes.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you're uh, short on time and I know we gotta, gotta yeah, got to get you on, get you on the road here.
1: Yeah. I've uh, got to get on and I've got a couple things to finish today, but, uh, yeah. heck, uh, uh, later on, you know, and down the road a little piece, so I'd be happy to come back and talk some more and and uh, I'm usually not at a loss for <laughs> even though I don't necessarily know a lot about what's going on <laughs> I can still talk about
2: it <laughs> Oh no, that's fantastic we, We're we enjoying it, I, for myself I'm enjoying it, you know um, oh, Just sure. going it's... back over your history of all the storyboard work you're doing, you know, well everyone out there, he was he did Gothica of course he did Battlefield, uh, <laughs> Battlefield Earth but um, you you did both, you know, X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Days Future Past, mm-hmm. um, uh, some TV shows. Uh, uh, let me just see if there's anything else. Oh, well, you know, of course, Doctor Strange uh, tie in. Um, yeah. And then you've got all the comics of Doctor Strange and, and then the DC stuff that you've also done. So um, it's great to uh, be able to get this opportunity to chat with you. It's been lovely. Um, yeah. thank you
1: maybe, maybe uh down the road I'll be able to let you know what I've been doing this summer a couple of small bits you know little tiny pieces you'll you'll see in these couple of in one movie and another series a couple of things so that's, uh it's kind of fun you know you just get it uh get calls out of the blue uh there's a show a series called future man I don't know if you know that one
2: no not yet but future we'll man
1: is the second yeah. series and I did a whole bunch of visuals for mm-hmm. that. Uh, there's a new Home Alone movie that was made last year and uh, for that I did a few things I did mostly there's a there's a toy train in the movie and the, the kid has the train and so they do some bits with the train and there's also a, a children's book about the train so I drew that and I designed the train, you know, mm-hmm. somebody made the model did it. But, you know, I cooked up the idea. So if you see the movie, that's my train.
2: There you go. <laughs> it's there a far you
1: know. cry from Spider-Man. But, you know, when, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get asked to do in movies. You know, yeah. uh, Republic of Sarah. That's another sh- new show coming out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did a couple of little things for that. And, uh, you know, so. the uh, you just never know
2: <laughs> yeah 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 we'll definitely stay tuned and uh uh you know uh, hopefully we can get you back on after a lot some of the other things come out and we can dive into some of those things that'd be awesome
1: uh yeah, um, yeah. i'm working on a large graphic novel now called toby's war uh that's 200 pages so wow. it's a fair bit of time since i to complete it and that's also what I'm working on on a regular basis you know Mm -hmm. weekly I'm doing as much as I can manage so that's going to take a bit longer but uh, that's uh, that's a fun story and we can delve into that later it's uh starts in World War II so um, and it has this kind of a like Narnia slash apocalyptic zombie feel you know it's that kind of updated story of go jumping to the other world kind of thing is that Mm. that feel but it has a great human human element to the story, which I, which I really like. So, uh, um, there is that one. And, uh, again, we'll, uh, so yeah, so let's, uh, let's do this again soon. And, uh, it's been great talking with both of you and (laughs) answering some questions. (laughs)
0: Um, and one quick thing before you get out of here, I just want to say Marvel, if you are watching this, (laughs) hire him to do any visual concept in any movies with the juggernaut because he did the juggernaut perfectly as a fan that juggernaut that he did on that cover looks like the toy biz uh figure it is perfect and he should be the visual concept artist for juggernaut thank you marvel thank you
1: <laughs> yeah we're thank gonna you. try to well try to put a pitch for dr strange three with the juggernaut yes that's that would be great, yes. Then you gotta great. figure out who's going to play juggy
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's a right. hard part. Yeah.
2: well, you most likely it, it'd be a know, voice actor.
1: <laughs> you put the hat, you can put the you know, the helmet on, you can be in
2: right, there. We you can, go. we yeah, can, yeah. It. Yeah,
1: just, it'd be it's like
2: just... Thanos, like uh, you know, how they did Thanos.
1: Absolutely, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And you've got the Joe Thornton beard, which is also pretty good. <laughs> <There> you <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, he's a hockey player. He's like 40. He's been playing with Toronto, and his beard is just... It's
2: yeah, Joe him, Thornton. Yeah. You've
1: got the Joe Thornton beard. With grizzly Adams, that's another. You got the, you'd be fighting grizzly bears, you know, and with your metal helmet.
2: There you
0: go. <laughs> well, it's uh, all good. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on and if if you want to tell anybody where they can find you feel free to do so
1: yeah uh i have a have a facebook uh fans page called fans of jeffrey isherwood and i have a website which is what is it? i think it's jeffrey isherwood's full name jeffrey isherwood.ca so uh, we don't update that too often but i uh, have commission rates there and yes i'm i do commissions on a regular basis and now with this uh, storyboard job I just accepted that's going to keep I mean I'm going to be solidly in for the for the summer I think so unfortunately my list which is starting to get a bit longer and we moved recently and that slowed things down and, you know I, I hate keep making people wait so um, but I'm trying to get to those as well it's just a lot of stuff happening but uh, so I do those as well and um yeah facebook uh, messenger on i don't really do twitter much i really just do fe- facebook and uh i'm not uh i'm not really a social media butterfly as it were so much you know i have to have a presence there but i feel like i'm more the producer you know i should leave all that publicity <laughs> to somebody else who knows what they're doing you know? <laughs> so well, well anyway no, there was definitely that.
2: uh showcase your work um you know within our marvel group and uh yeah and 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 continue to stay in touch with you so it's awesome thank you for uh well thanks
1: for having me and seeking me out and everything It's terrific a lot of fun thank you okay and see you later see you later okay okay bye